Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode called Burnout. It's no shocker that working all night and all day with a million different deadlines can lead even the most inspired and motivated individual to burnout and depression. Careers and schools often demand it, and it becomes the norm. Hopefully for only a short time in your life, but regardless, it's dangerous for your body and soul and can take a toll on the future you and your success as a professional. So this is for people who are in any field, but specifically creative fields, and maybe you're in school, or maybe you're a working professional and your job requires that you go as hard as you can for extended periods of time, causing you to either feel like you're on your way to a mental burnout, or maybe you're just starting to slow down in your level of motivation, like your tolerance is dropping. So I have some information to empower you to make better decisions, plus temper the stress and anxiety of the intense deadlines and assignments moving forward. I know there's a lot written on this subject, but I'm going to try and offer you a more practical set of solutions so that you can actually implement them starting now and not in six months when things, quote, calm down. And this one is for my new friend in the Netherlands, Natalie. So there are three parts. The what, the why, the how, the tools. Let's get started. Part one, the what. Burnout stress from work or school. It manifests as physical exhaustion and mental numbness, like you're a knife that has lost its edge. So this is the result of neglecting yourself outside of work, so getting out of balance and staying that way. And in certain stages of life, this level of busyness is often necessary because of how demanding the curriculum or your chosen field happens to be. Plus, nowadays people compete on a whole other level. The trend is to keep going harder, faster, cheaper, newer, and it's crowded with thousands of applicants, thousands of other people that want it just as bad as you do. So the name of the game is don't slow down. Your success depends on it. And with our technology, life seems to be speeding up to meet the speed of our new devices. And because speed comes with adrenaline, it's easy to get addicted to this lifestyle and ride it like it's a high. And this is when the imbalance becomes pervasive. We no longer want to slow down because we're getting good at this nonstop, no sleep, top performance at a, as a normal state of who we are. The downside is that when you keep going at this level, you eventually burn out. Your chemicals are exhausted and you lose the stamina mentally and physically to continue working as hard. And when you continue to work yourself hard and endure constant stress, the eventual outcome is you lose the passion and the ability to perform altogether. You lose your creative engine, which is ultimately what you are working so hard to hone. So alterations should happen before that process begins, and they need to be integrated into simply your focus. I don't mean you're going to stop working hard. I mean you're going to change the way you look at your life and fine-tune it so you can sustain it. So this is like a shift that comes in your approach to your day. They're very minute and simple ways that you can alter your entire life trajectory. It's like choosing to stop and grab a water instead of continuing to run the last 10 miles of a marathon because you know it's what you need to sustain that run without bailing early. So why this is super important to look at now is that you don't often stop until you're way out in the boonies and that marathon path is actually not the one you wanted. 
So there's a habit in hardworking professionals, and that is to use all of your extra energy to work even harder. So this is about stopping deliberately to take a step back. A lot of us never take the time to stay present and get to the level where we can actually reflect, which causes most people to continue with the same intensity of work without having the faintest idea what's going on in their hearts down to the depths of their soul. It's because your brain's on nonstop, keep going, keep going. It's not the same wavelength as money. Like, how do I feel? It doesn't re relate to money and success in your thinking brain. So it kind of goes undervalued in your, your present focus until one day you wake up unfulfilled, depleted, burnt out, and depressed. Why? Because in the grander sense, you, your breathing, feeling person, has been put last on the chain of importance for way too long, and that self becomes neglected and suffers. So the solution to burnout must come from a deliberate pause within the madness. The trick is to maintain a habit of checking in with yourself on a holistic level, despite the fact that you work hard. And this really doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it might not feel like it's important in the moment. And because you're addicted to the adrenaline, the instinct is to put it aside. The hardest part truly is choosing to do this at all for the sake of your stamina and this other unseen part of you who is suffering silently. Your brain will often lose sight of this altogether because it's chattering about deadlines and emergencies nonstop. So this is up to you to recognize and to take into account and take a step back to check in. This episode, I'm going to try and help you build your peak work regiment. And that means, just like a marathon runner, you're going to build and finesse the healthiest form you can, you can possibly create for yourself so that you can run the long distances. And that means paying attention to very specific physical and emotional needs so that you can conserve your energy for what it needs to be put into. So as you listen to this and take notes, you're going to have to deliberately take a big step back and look at what you are doing now versus just mentally digesting it and continuing on as if nothing has changed. So really react to it. Don't choose to just think about it. Choose to actually integrate things. To effectively, to effectively incorporate things into your re regime means taking deliberate time to reevaluate from a non-stressed perspective. So it's like taking a time out from your stress. And it is within these momentary pauses that you can actually improve your current life in very small and simple ways. And no matter how the small those are, they add up very quickly because you move so fast. So in other words, you're going to have to go against your instinct in the present for the sake of being able to run harder, longer, and happier. Which brings me to part two, the why. There are several big I would say pervasive causes for why people get burnout and depression. They have, they have like four or five. Number one, a lack of connection to self and body. So that means you're on autopilot, so you're stressed so much by the external that you are completely operated by external factors versus deciding for yourself and reflecting. So the internal process is based on what should I do? Let's think about my options. What is best for me? What is most important? In this sense, you are in a complete state of reactivity and you are not choosing based on your own best interests. You are just acting in reaction to the things as they come. So this is a very essential step. 
you need to be able to decide, I need to meet, meet my basic needs. I need to eat. I need to sleep, etc. Number two, you're permanently in a stress response. So that means you're operated by the fear threat system in your brain, which is actually the reptilian brain, also the dumbest part of your brain. And by that, I mean it's like the most primitive, reactive, uh, you're fearful and therefore you're defensive, like either run away or try and fight. So that's the brain that tends to operate us when we are stressed and depleted. It's kind of the base level operating system when everything else is, um, there's not enough energy you, you can only sustain energy for running or fighting. So that's when you're stressed. Your, your stress response system is on. That is also where you are the least capable of solving problems because you're coming from a state of constant threat. It actually shuts down the other part of the brain, the other parts of the brain, including your reflective part of your brain, because it's conserving all the energy to run. So with long-term stress, you can actually... Desensitize, your, desensitize yourself to this or become hypersensitive to it. It's kind of like with drug addicts. You can either, if you're doing it sporadically, it'll, you'll get a hypersensitivity to it, it, and that's why most people overdose. Same goes for your cortisol and your stress hormones and your adrenaline. You can either get hypersensitive or desensitized. So extended exposure to stress creates physical and mental exhaustion, which can basically break your chemicals. So it's like a domino effect that spreads to other areas of your health and actually slows you down even more. So it's messing with your hormones. Stress is messing with your hormones, which can also mess with your sex drive, your weight, your sleep patterns, your digestion. It's causing a lot more uh, disorder than you think. It can also make you super sensitive to stress of any kind. So it's one of those things when you're in a constant state of stress that feels okay when you're in the early stages, almost like you're riding the adrenaline high. But as it progresses, you can wear it out and get a bunch of health problems, including insulin resistance. So it's not good for you. So if it sounds like you, do something about it. Number three, you're never present. So when your thinking brain is always on, it means you're not actually participating in your life because you are instead always in the future or in the past in your mind. And when you are in this place, for the majority of your time, you're basically fast forwarding through your life, like you're autopiloting it, you're not in it. You might believe that you are living, but you're not. You're basically watching a movie in your head instead of smelling the food you're eating. So it's like a half-life, and it's quite unfulfilling. Even if it's a good memory you're reliving, it's got nothing on the present and how sensory and awesome it is. So this is when people grow to be very unhappy and disconnected from their understanding of what is actually causing the problem is when you're constantly thinking. You're occupied by your brain. Number four, no payoff. With, by that, I mean if your project is, it never comes to fruition. If your projects are constantly canceled and it is never going to go anywhere, this is directly causes depression. It's really powerful in causing a demoralizing kind of demotivation. Because if you don't get to see the end of a lot of hard work, your stamina has basically told you that your life is point, like you feel like your life is pointless. All the work was for nothing. So this is the reason that a lot of people um, lose the will to show up to work or school if a project they worked really hard on is canceled because it means like, what's the point? So this is... Uh, a big one for a lot of creative people. So I recommend whatever your project is, 
always show it to somebody that will care about it. Like maybe a family member or your peers or your significant other. Um, and I recommend that there's a TED talk. I'll put it in the references of my blog version of this. But there's a TED talk about engineers and how this exact thing happened to them. So it's, it's many different kinds of people. Number five, your physical stress type. So I'm, by that I mean we all handle stress differently based on past stress traumas and also genetics. So just like a lot of Asians are lactose intolerant, so do you inherit a threshold or kind of have an innate reaction or tolerance for stress. You also grow a system of relating to stress based on your experiences throughout your life. So depending on how stressful your home was and how your little self digested it, you might have a much different reaction to stress you're encountering now. So think of it like your muscle memory. You have a stress memory that encodes your level of upset and chaos. Have you ever noticed how maybe there are certain people around you who don't freak out about how much they have to do or it doesn't affect them in the same way? Even though they might get as little sleep as you do, they just might have a different type of response. So for you, if you have a negative stress response, you have to choose to recondition yourself to it, which is absolutely possible. You just have to kind of become aware of it and then begin kind of retraining your brain. So if you do have a negative stress response, you're getting an extra high dose of stress hormones in your body, which means you have to work on calming that with manual techniques. And this is vital because you burn out and they overwhelm your system after a while and that can create all the other health problems we talked about. So the longer the stimulus, the harsher the effects are on your body. So with that, let's get to the tools. Part three. So as a general step one for tools, I want you to just take a moment and take a snapshot of yourself and really just look at you versus your chosen career path or your field and just take a little inventory of what about that, what about your life inspires you and what depletes you and really just pay attention to the details of it and like notate them just kind of materialize them in some form. Write it down in your journal, just write it down in your phone. Look at what the energy sucks are because there's a light. I'm sure there's a reason you chose what you're doing because it brings out an inspired voice inside of you. But what I want you to do with this information is let it guide your focus. So if something makes you very upset and depressed, put as little time and focus into it as possible. It doesn't mean you're going to neglect it. It just means you're going to be aware that that is not important to you. It's not making up what you love about this thing. And therefore, it doesn't deserve all of your focus and energy. But whatever does inspire you, whatever you do love, pour as much of your thinking into that facet of what you've chosen. For example, I hate meetings. I hate bureaucracy. I love helping people. I love solving problems. So this allows me to choose to spend as little energy as possible on the things I dislike because there is a difference when you know that you're really invested in something, you can spend hours and hours talking about it. When you know that you're not, you do whatever you have to to get it done and then you move on and it doesn't allow, you're not allowing it to occupy any of your soul. And that just comes from being conscious of this fact. I think we often create the majority of the time and stress ourselves in how we choose to gauge what's in need of our attention and discussion and what's not. Often, I think we feel insecure 
which is a huge amount of the time when it comes to creative work, but we tend to overly insert ourselves to you know, just to prove our worth to ourselves and to others. Like we want to put our best foot forward and we want to show other people that we are really valuable. And so we end up overworking and it, it's often not necessary because your value exists in who you are and you fostering the best version of that self. That is the greatest value you can ever provide. And as type A'ers and creative, meticulous people, we have to train ourselves to let go of what is less important in favor of taking care of ourselves. That is one of the most mature and profound changes you will make in your life as a professional and a successful person living a successful, happy, balanced life is really making yourself step away from things that are not as important and using that time to take care of yourself. Because if you're not into it, it's, it, you don't have to spend as much time, you know, focused on it. It's all about le learning how to let go as much as you possibly can and move on quickly as possible. So stopping the unnecessary mental chatter and the shit talk about how busy you are, because it's all just distracting you from what you want more of, which is happiness, life, and inspiration juice. So let's go through the tools. I think I have 10. I think I have nine or 10 for you. Um, and I will put this all in the blog, obviously. So number one, take mini mindfulness breaks. So this is about deliberately labeling the places and moments that are just for you. Basically safe zones, like, for example, the shower. When you're in the shower, you're going to place immense value on your time just to be you and relax and not think about what you have to do. Don't be creating the lists of, I have to do this and this is coming up, da, 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 just for that period of time. And that's like, the goal is to just empty your mind as much as you can and step back like you're a silent watcher. Just kind of watch the thoughts running back and forth as though your brain is a stage, an empty stage, and you're just watching them. And if it's helpful, I recommend deep breathing, like audible breathing exercises, because it gives you, you something to focus on. Number two, take a self-made stress inventory. So this is basically a way to tune your, your focus to understand when you are actually the one that's creating unnecessary work because you feel like you're not working hard enough or you should be doing X, Y, Z. So know when you are the one that is creating extra work for yourself. And if something is out of your control, let it go. Because you are not actually helping yourself solve something better when you're going through constant you know replaying and listing of all the stuff you have to do this stuff still lives in your brain and you're just removing yourself from your present you're actually not psychic and you're not controlling the future the part of your brain that is best capable of solving is not active when you are stressed that is the reflective brain and that will only be activated when you're allowing yourself some space from the thing at hand. So you can't muscle your way to the best answer. So if you get stuck in this thinking brain, the ego, for the majority of your life, you tend to get stuck there. Like it perpetuates more of itself. So it's like a chemical drug addiction. So be able to step back in the moment, like 
when you're addicted to stress and say to yourself, maybe I don't need to go return all these books right now. Maybe that's just me being a little freaked out about stuff that doesn't exist. Number three, separation of work and life. So this basically means decide to create limits, sanctioned zones, for when you are going to be mentally occupied by work. Like compartmentalize and strive to stop talking about your work or your school or whatever it is when you are at home or when you are with your friends or your significant other. Because otherwise you are mentally always there and it can get more powerful. It'll start to dominate all of you because to be the most successful and capable, you want to welcome in a variety of different, anything different. And you also want to be turned off as much as possible, like shut off mentally as often as possible. Number four, if you can't sleep, just rest. And this is for if you have a hard time, if you've been really stressed out and you're working really hard and you've got a lot of adrenaline, it can be really hard to shut off and fall asleep. So if you suffer from insomnia, it can be even more stressful when you can't fall asleep and you're just aware of how you're unable to sleep and like you're thinking, oh my God, tomorrow I'm going to feel like shit. And so instead of freaking out in those moments, place value on the actual process of lying there and resting with your eyes closed. It's almost like a pseudo version of sleep and it does leave you a lot better off than not having done it at all. So don't freak out is most important and just kind of meditate in your own mind. Really focus on the fact that you are allowing your body and your eyes to rest. Just really imbue it with more potency in your imagination. Number five, allow yourself the right to do absolutely nothing. It's really hard to stop working if you work all the time and it can make you feel really guilty if you're not doing something. Like when lying in your bed feels like a waste, like I should be doing this, I should be doing laundry at least. To really make a deliberate effort to sit and do nothing or allow yourself to not do anything in favor of work or, or anything at all. Just don't guilt yourself. So a short refresher for anybody who has not been taught the basics of self-care. Eat when you're hungry. Make sure your blood sugar is level. Take walks as often as possible. Get sunlight as often as possible. Uh, when you need to rest, rest. And practice shutting off your mind as often as possible. I recommend inversions. I'm a fan because they get your... Uh, blood to your brain it's more effective I find and that just means your brain is lower than your heart in any position place importance on the empty air and just the offsetting and I don't mean television or texting I mean no thoughts in your head whatsoever and your brain isn't conscious consciously thinking you're creative thinkers and in order to be the fastest at your work you need to bring in things from far outside of yourself for example, read fiction and not just coding books. Try new things that have nothing to do with your job as often as possible. And you'll find that brings a lot into your ability to work. It's more oomph than you would ever anticipate. And when you allow things from outside of you to change you, your capacity grows. It's like you'll find weird new insights that broaden your tool set in your work in totally random places. And just so you know, 
when you sleep is when your brain is washing out all the gunk that causes it to run slower. So there's a lot of important value in sleep, so don't scoff at it as a self-indulgent luxury. I think a lot of us use uh, sleep deprivation as a way to get an edge, and it's actually hurting you a lot more in the long run. So don't allow yourself to guilt yourself out of things like exercise and social time and just plain old doing nothing and resting because it is very valuable and it'll give you a lot more clarity to be doubly effective. It'll improve the quality of your work when you're doing it. Number six, save your mind space for action. So This is a tool that will, you take, will take you extremely far. Save your mental energy for things that actually affect things and learn to let it go. So just make a rule for yourself. Replaying a mistake doesn't help it mean more, despite how you might rationalize that it's helping you to be more prepared by stressing about it. That's not the case. It's actually keeping you stupider. Why? Because when you worry, your brain is taking energy from the smarter parts to give it to your reptilian brain. So stress makes you primitive. Reflection is the more advanced part of your brain, and that's the part that comes out when you put stress aside and let a, let a thing bake in the back of your mind. So if dump, something doesn't go to plan, save your time and energy for action. Forgive yourself immediately. It's not the end of the world. If no one died, then don't cry about it. It's just work. It's not allowed to destroy your enjoyment of this one life, and it's also not allowed to steal valuable working time from you. If you're a student right now, Know that education is more like a conditioning of you as an individual, like you're sharpening yourself as a tool. It's like doing muscle reps. That is what will carry you further than anything else, not one individual project or one individual test. So if something doesn't go well, or if you're unable to make something perfect, take in your lessons, really understand them, and move on. Let it go as quickly as possible. Learn but don't self-punish because it's not worth it and it's exhausting. So don't let those replay tapes take up airtime in the stage that is your mind. And this goes for the people that you hang around as well. So if you're hanging around people that are constantly complaining and lamenting and are just negative about stuff, that is actually bringing you down a lot more than you think it is. It's there's a thing called mirror neurons. When you, it's like when a mom looks at a baby, it stimulates the exact same emotions in the brain to look at a smiling baby. So it's like your brain is going to respond by creating the same emotion in you. So this goes for if you're hanging around people that are really negative, you are actually having those emotions created in you by seeing them. So choose to spend time with people that focus on what they want and things that are positive and inspiring. Don't spend time with those that complain about work and fatigue, etc. Number seven, kill the gnats. So when you wake up in the morning, kill all of those little tiny 15-minute to-dos first. Get them out of the way, get them done, because they take up a lot more mental space than you might think they do. Every day you have a finite capacity, a reservoir, for stamina and willpower. And when you have depleted it, it's gone. So save it up. When you have a lot of little things in your head, the tendency is to allow them to kind of eat away at your reservoir and drain 
shit shit ton more energy than you think. So if it takes 15 minutes, do it first. Get it done. Number eight. Put an infinite dollar sign, sorry, infinity dollar sign on your time. It doesn't have to be a literal money figure, but like basically place an immeasurable value on your time. It is the most precious thing you have, period. So know when something is not a big deal and know when you are wasting it. If you are costing yourself more in the time you have wasted, it you have to learn to stop doing those things. That's one of the biggest changes that happens as you grow up and mature is you learn to say no and you learn to stop doing things out of obligation because it's co- quite simply burning It's like burning money. It's the most valuable asset you have. So also learn to measure this value against dollars. So literal dollars. So if you're costing yourself more because you're trying to save money, sometimes it's not worth it. For example, my doctor spent basically half a day trying to return something to Amazon that was like $10, trying to find the right box, trying to find the right shipping thing. Then he had the wrong box, then printing out the label. So it ended up costing him money to return this item. So I think I want you to think of your time in the same way. It is extremely precious to you. So begin to mentally train yourself to put things aside when they're not worth it. Choosing to say, even though you're frugal or even though you're, you know, don't want to hurt someone's feelings, teach yourself when to say no to things that are too costly. And it's really what you have to do to build your ultimate life. Like the ultimate work regimen is really based on filtering out the things that are not worth your time. Like not working for show because you want to look like you're a good student or not socializing out of obligation. Let go of the expectations of others. It's not personal. And you can't control what others think. You can just come from love and that's all you can ever do. Number nine, my favorite one, the last one, do 21 days of happiness. And I know this is so touchy-feely, self-helpy, roll your eyes at me, but this fucking works. I'm not just saying that. It's like one of those things you have to do and then you don't even realize that it's actually taking effect. But it's basically 21 days, a two-minute a day, little exercise. So I, for reals, want you to start it today, right now, and do it every single day for 21 days. It's basically recalibrating what you see as your life right now. You're cleaning the printer heads, and this is going to help you do that. And it's also creating a much more positive focus on what exists already in your life. It's training your brain to look at a certain thing. And I actually gave it out to a friend of mine who works in the game industry, who was super burnt out, and he said it literally changed his life. So there. So here we go. There are five steps in this 21 days of happiness. Number one, do some kind of physical exercise. You can do a few sit-ups or just take the stairs at work. Number two, some kind of meditation. So just sitting quietly and doing deep breathing for like a minute in the morning or go to yoga. That's what I how I meditate. Number three, journal or just write in your phone about three new things 
you are grateful for from your day, from the last 24 hours. So they can't be like yoga and the other yoga class and yoga. It has to be three distinct new things. It could be anything, even little, like the cashier at the grocery store was really nice to me. Number four, journal or write on your phone about one positive experience at length. So like basically describe to yourself. It can't be the same from the gratitudes. It has to be something different. So one positive experience just of, I usually save it for my favorite of all the gratitudes. And yes, I do these. I do these all the time. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is, whatever that is. Number five, perform conscious acts of kindness. It's hard to do, I would say aim for three, just do as many as you possibly can, at least one. And that means just do something consciously that is nice for somebody else. It could be like liking someone's picture because no one else has, or it could be something like complimenting someone's outfit. Do it as often as you possibly can, but at least one. And there's no minimum, but at least one. No maximum. So those are all the tools. I hope you liked. And in closing, there is no timeout from your life. This is it right now. You are living it. And though you need to keep powering through because that's what life demands of you right now, it doesn't mean that you can't help yourself set up success as a human and a pervasive life condition. There is such a thing as keeping a focus and importance on your happiness and comfort. Just creating that mental shift will change the way it, it comes into your life. Just making it important, making your happiness a factor. Because once you do, you start catering to yourself in those really small gestures, you'll find that you unconsciously shed a lot of the unhelpful and unnecessary habits that are causing you to overwork and never mentally leave work because you'll create a separation of you and your job because there is a separation and that is a buffer that will create kind of a healthy balance and increase your vitality and your overall creative energy which is only going to help you at work it's not about more work it's about better stronger work so think of when you're in the zone things just take half the time faster your reactions are faster and you just feel at the top of your personal and emotional game a lot of the time when you are working really hard non-stop you are driven to a life that is a, for a form of success or a concept of success that is actually not your own it's like something you got from another person or a magazine or everyone around you and it's it's not genuinely what you want because you have been not paying attention to that compass. So it's all about stepping out of the thinking brain to really measure, you know, what is my heart leaning me, leading me toward? Is it maybe not as important to me to, you know, work as hard on this one thing? The reason I'm bringing that up is because we pursue a lot of what we do because we want to make other people think we are like this other thing, this other concept of success, this other ideal. And it's not coming from a place of our best self. And the best self that we truly love and appreciate and know is the m truest measure of 
your life's greatest form. It's where personal gold exists. So your decisions today create the self you will become ultimately and live out a rich life as. And so because you've got a motor on your boat, it's really important to form the right habits today and really affect how you work currently. And that's just those little small tweaks and the awareness itself is going to make you happier and therefore stronger. So with that, I send you my love and I hope you enjoyed this and smile.